Welcome to the Being Irish podcast. This is a podcast about our experiences of being Irish. With very little research. Yeah, please don't reference us. Please don't cite us. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Patrick. And my name is Pork. This week we'll be talking about traditional Irish music. Yay! Can't wait. So most of us probably have a favourite group, Beyonce, Nirvana, maybe you're into opera. But if you're Irish, there's no getting away from the diddly eye music. It's what we were raised on. Yeah. You know, you've always, I don't know, if we're in your house, but in my house, occasionally there'll be a, shh, turn up that television, there's a bit of culture on the television. And I, I just, I hated it. <laughs> I really, I was like, oh, for God's sake. And it always seemed to be on in the summer. I don't know, like, do, do you remember like when all the good programming would end for the summer? And it was just like, they'd lash on, you know, some Shano singer from Clare, you know, in the 50s. And it was always in black and white. And you're like, really? All right. Well, thankfully it's bright out because I'm going outside. <laughs> and maybe that Please was my dad's cunning plan all the time. But I think when it comes to Irish music, it is so culturally important to mm. us and uh, yeah for sure it's such a signifier of who we are as people in a sense yeah when tourists come here that's what they want they want to get the, the good traditional they want the sessions but i will say it's inextricably linked with that kind of like when i was younger i couldn't really appreciate it but now if i were in a pub and i had, I had a nice pint of guinness in my hand and a session struck up yeah. I'd be delighted. Same here. Because that's here. where the good drinking is. I, for a very brief period of time, played in a group that were actually doing um, music in pubs when I was a teenager. Oh yeah? What What did you play? Banjo. Really? You can play the banjo? No. Right. Okay, I was going to say, I never knew that about you. <laughs> Not so anymore. Do you play the banjo in the same way I play guitar? Uh, I believe you can still play the guitar. Was I had a period of time where I could play the banjo to a degree enough to be able to actually knock out a few uh, sets inside of a pub for a number of months uh, over the course of one summer and I have to say it was a nice little earner and really? oh yeah 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 well look for teenagers i mean like the amount of money you're actually getting paid per hour you're involved in it true yeah i can see you know? that yeah and, and it, you know what's kind of linked to it as well is irish dancing and i, yeah. I don't want to neglect that either because it is really kind of goes hand in hand with music you're you're playing music to dance if you're you know what wins when they have those tap dancey michael flatley type yes. uh, setups the money that they earn for doing a wedding Seriously. It's really good putting you through college. I have been to two weddings where the brides have been involved in doing like set pieces of Irish dancing. The brides themselves were. Brides themselves yeah. have. Um, one of them, I think she was a teacher and there was like an entire like group basically who were in to actually um, do a set piece. Her like, backup basically yeah, yeah it was an entire thing because you have to change shoes and like you can't like just so when you're dress. the bride you can have as many changes the, of outfits yeah, as you want yeah you can't do the whole like gown thing and do irish dancing that does not work that's not how that goes together so like but even beyonce has to give way to the bride <laughs> on her day in ireland like it's the magic words the bride wants it uh, we are segueing we are slightly but if we're talking about Irish dancing, we have to talk about Riverdance. We have to talk about Riverdance because of the fact 
that as a halftime show in the middle of the Eurovision. Because that's where Riverdance came from. Yeah, people that, forget the whole Eurovision bit. That's the thing, though. Riverdance started off as, back in the 90s, Ireland was on a real run when it came to the Eurovision. Yes, it nearly bankrupt the country, it uh, for was those too young to remember. Crippling us. <laughs> crippling us as a nation. And spawned one of the greatest Father Ted's <laughs> episodes ever. <laughs> we just can't do it. We just can't do it anymore. It's almost like you don't want us to win. Oh, <laughs> that's God. Ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, who even won the Eurovision that year? Who cares? Who cares? Riverdance. Riverdance. And Brian Whelan. I remember watching that Riverdance because although as a child the Eurovision was something that we watched as a family and to be fair it was just something that was on of a particular evening. It was never something I was all that terribly invested in. I as an adult have continued to watch the Eurovision because the minute that you involve alcohol in the Eurovision it becomes an entirely different spectacle. Oh absolutely it's and this amazing. is becoming a thing. People are now going into town in, in Cork and Dublin and stuff to have Eurovision nights and I, just... I wholeheartedly agree with this. Yeah. I just don't I, I just don't think that the pub is the appropriate venue to watch the Eurovision in. You should be in somebody's front room because then you can adjust the volume so you can listen to the music to a degree where you can make out just how good or terrible it is yeah. and also comfortably drink. Yeah, and then, you know? yeah, exactly. You know? Definitely. But you know, I don't the important thing about it for trad and yeah. both music and, and dance is that it made it sexy again. I remember Maureen mm. Potter the comedian, I, I think she's passed away now. Um, very famous Irish comedian, comedian, comedian. Screw that, just comedian. Yeah. Uh, who I always thought was absolutely hilarious. Did a great sketch on on you know the the whole Michael Flatley thing, and she's like, <laughs> oh, I want you to take up uh, Irish dancing, and the uncle has no one. And I go, so uh, it'll be all these lovely, sexy Colleen's with their hair behind you. And he goes, oh, you're interested now, are you? <laughs> <laughs> very funny sketch, but it like, do you remember? Years ago, the whole thing was hands down by your side, yeah, and that was it, and off you go. And then Michael Flatley was there, and he was swinging his hands around, which is a shame because if they you actually these. listen to like a good trad session, mm. the music is not music that encourages you to just sort of be very staid and keep your hands down by your sides. Really good sessions, like everybody gets up and they're out done. Tommy Tiernan is a great sketch about this like you know how everyone's whisked away by the music including the Germans Bu- building up towards that moment I think that's the way he actually describes it it's yeah. like it, it, it's the sad like, song the sad, but it yeah. builds up like as, as the music and the crack and everything gets going and there's that peak and almost you're in Nirvana there's yeah like, we're almost uh, spacefaring paddies we are meant to be yeah it's that, like a, a good Irish pub session which is, is a racial slur that's okay if you are actually Irish that's ours yeah <laughs> it's our word <laughs> or my word is the closest you might may get to what Nirvana means to an Irish yeah. person and I have to say like on a really great session um, it's just fantastic um, and I will say that if you're coming to visit Ireland don't, please don't just go to say oh well I was in Ireland I stayed in Dublin for a week and there's nothing wrong with that but in my experience, the really good sessions have happened down the countryside. And one of the best ones I've had recently was the aftermath of a wedding. I like it how it wasn't the afters of a wedding, it was the aftermath. The aftermath of, the of a wedding, like yeah. this was four o'clock in the morning or something, right? <laughs> um the bride side were all fairly music great sing musical great singers, all that kind of thing. The groom side, while the groom himself wasn't that musical, he's side came with an arsenal of musical instruments yeah i'm I'm not even joking they had banjos guitars 
wind instruments I'd never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Like they played during the wee hours of the morning. I have never gone to a Christmas party that had not ended in song for several hours. I feel so sorry for hotel porters have to put up with this <laughs> yeah. nonsense yeah. for about a month and a half as the Christmas season really builds up. And it's until the early hours of the morning as no matter how good or bad you are, at a certain point, you'll have to do your piece because everyone's got a party piece when it comes to um, Irish music, nearly. Oh, I, mean, I don't. You know, I, I have a terrible, terrible voice. And I'd love to be able to sing. But, but I bet I you know just... all the words for this one song. Uh, it's probably probably yeah. a modern song, I'm sure. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. No, yeah. the entire point is, is that you're contributing. Yeah. You're contributing oh, to Oh, I the can movie. hum as well <laughs> as the next guy, yeah. <laughs> I've been there at a fortieth there last year, and at a certain point during the night, there was like we were all singing. I think Raglan Road. Oh yeah, yeah. And I love, I, love that song. And this is the thing though: I don't know all the words to Raglan Road. I did at one stage, but I, I, it's a long song. Yes. And I had I, I I have a bad memory As when do it I. comes <laughs> to everything in general. But uh, when it comes to song, that's why we have show notes. It's okay. But one of the guys who was there was in kind of the same boat as me. But he he voiced this out loud, and I had I hadn't intended to say anything. And, he voiced uh, out loud that you have a bad memory. No, right? he voiced out loud that he had a bad memory. He could right. remember all the words. So someone said, "Well, just get the the lyrics up on your phone." So he did. So Genius. I up, and I was like, "Going, I'll just lean in on that. Thank you very yeah, much." Yeah. You know. Can we project that on the wall over there? Yeah, exactly. Mm. If we could do that, can we cast it? Is that doing? Can we move with it? You with know, the you're in for a hardcore session when someone passes around a plastic binder. You know, with the plastic pages in it. And then each mm-hmm. inserted plastic thing, there are the lyrics and chords for guitar of a variety, like a karaoke, a paper yeah. karaoke gets handed around and someone goes, put your name down on that now, which one are you going to sing? I actually nearly <laughs> fell off my seat when someone handed, <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning, I hadn't known it was going around. And I was like, I just kind of quietly passed it on to the next person. <laughs> All right, my round. <laughs> just keep the drink flowing. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the only way you can buy your way out of that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Ever, that is good credit in the pub at three o'clock in the morning. Now, this is the thing. We're talking about musical instruments and we're talking about Irish music. It's very fair to say that if you're going to talk about Irish music and the real backbone of... Um, the Irish session. The Irish session. You have to talk about the tin whistle. Now, yeah, see, a lot of people now think that the uh, official Irish instrument is the harp. No. Let me set you straight, people. When was the last time you saw a harp uh, in a pub at four o'clock in the morning or heard one? You're trying to lug one of those things around in the first place, no. all right? The only place that you see a harp is usually in the reception area of a hotel at a wedding these days. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Sometimes in the church itself, all right? Yeah, and it's a lovely instrument. It's a beautiful instrument. Yeah. But when it comes to what nearly every Irish child has been at least rudimentarily instructed in, it's the tin whistle. I, in fact, used to be able to play the scale up and back down again on the tin whistle. I used to be able to play the tin whistle actually halfway all right. You were way more musical than you were letting on to be. Uh, I uh, kind of am. Um, we my... are going to the pub after this and you are going to be uh, in the corner with either a banjo or a tin whistle. Or no, both. no, it's not. Okay, look, as I said, a proficiency that I have long left behind me, unfortunately. I also used to be able to Irish dance, again, long time ago. I tell you, that, that, that's it. You're not getting out of it. We're going to be in the pub. We're I will buy the dancing. drinks for people we're and somebody else can dancing, sing. okay? You know how the construction of that goes into it? Someone will get hurt. The Siege of Venice. Oh, the Siege of Venice. Uh, my Irish teacher said to me one time, Porrick, have you ever... She used to call me Porrick. Have you ever 
Dance at the Siege of Venice, and I just shook my head because I never spoke really in Irish class. <laughs> if I could help it, and she said, "Well, you haven't lived until you danced <laughs> the Siege of Venice." Oh, that is such a mill! It's like a melee in the middle of a dance floor oh at a wedding. Oh my god! It always goes so wrong. So so wrong. But the entire problem <clears throat> with it is that the Siege of Venice happens at Irish weddings. It's nearly a guarantee that at yeah. some point in the night, the Siege of Venice is going to happen. But it only ever happens at a certain critical juncture where people have been out on dance for long enough that yep. people are kind of up and about. A critical mass, I think. And at that stage, they've all been drinking for about eight to 12 hours, pretty yep. solidly, right? Mm-hmm. In some cases, they have more or less transitioned from pub before the church, the church being the only point where they actually weren't drinking, to the reception and swinging on through to the point where someone says the Siege of Innes. So at that point, yeah, and the majority of like combatants, I'm not going to say <laughs> combatants in the Siege of Innes, description, <laughs> are fairly well liquored up, and they were never actually instructed in the proper way to like to you know, take part in the Siege of Innes. I have no clue how you dance it, even though I've been in it repeatedly. Yes, because we all know it from Irish weddings, where everyone's doing it when they're blind drunk. Yeah, you just copy that person over there. Exactly. Yeah. So largely, it just involves into a lot of people holding hands and just kind of swinging in and out. In... And the music's very really high octane. Oh, well, they have to keep the pace. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, like, down that floor <laughs> as quick as you can, and back up to the... And then when you get to the other side, you're finished. I'm just surprised more people aren't brained in the in the poses because oh, yeah. people are kind of swinging in and swinging out in those circles. I mean, like the speed that they're going in at. I mean, the breaking those floors are slippery. Right. So the whole dress shoes <laughs> and talcum powder. Oh God! Tal- when you see someone going around sprinkling the talcum powder on the dance floor at the start of the evening, you're like, we are in for some serious dancing. Hotels specifically stop people doing that because, Do they? but they have to because they want people who fall and end up in a sludge of white paste. Oh. God, I think there's just a lot of broken hips and, you know, <laughs> recriminations. Which, you know, and trad music can be very, very sad. It can be very mm. mournful. And, of course, like any genre, it runs the, the gamut of, of, you know, fast-paced or melancholic or whatever. Uh, I tend to just like the kind of fast-paced stuff. Mm. Um, just because I kind of associate it with weddings and knock-ins and kind of... F- you know, fun times and so on. Basically drinking. Drinking. I don't want to sound like an alcoholic, but... No, you sound very d- Irish, though. D- two <laughs> that's the whole point. The, the two do go very hand-in-hand. Hand. Music and dance, and then with drinking. And usually always around some kind of celebration. Whether yeah. it's just the fact that, thankfully, it's Saturday. Yeah. Or A baptism, a baptism or, or a wedding, or yeah. a funeral, or a confirmation. Yeah, or just or a big family get-together. Or a death... I did funerals already. We did. We did. Uh, death of a cash. Death of a pesh. Death of a proud. Very prize bull. Prize bull. I. am not from a bar, farming background, so I. I don't know Deep about emotional that connections. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, I think we should talk about Claire very briefly. Okay. Claire, the county, not Claire, the person. Not a Claire that you may know from next door like or something. On. County Claire sort of synonymous with traditional music here and oh. a lot of those programs I would have I referred to uh, from you know wherever RTE's archives would have been shot in Clare in specifically in Doolin it has a great um, great cultural heritage what's the Christy Moore song we're all going down Liston oh, Varna uh, uh, Liston Varna I was going yeah. to say Liston Varna I was like going is that the right song <clears throat> no, to definitely the yeah. right one if you want to talk about Irish music, though, you can't just confine yourself to trad music. Whilst trad music is what is traditionally associated, especially from the outside looking in with yeah. Ireland, yeah. Um, Irish music 
does have a bit more of a gamut. So we have um, a number of, you know, indigenous acts that don't exactly fall into the trad kind of uh, category, yeah. but are so very, very Irish. You know, like very influenced by very, the traditional heritage. Christy Moore is the one that you brought up. The Saw Doctors, for me, growing yeah. up, you know, like, the, really, like, they're, I don't know, are they, are they a pop band, a rock band, a trad band? They combine mm. a lot of all those elements. Yeah, it's hard but, to... like, you know, like, being 17, you know. Great, great. Thing. An anthem, an anthem, yeah. and, and a song that you will hear in any good Irish pub at a certain point in the night. And I used actually. to love her. I used to love her. I once. dare you to find somebody who hasn't, <laughs> like in our, an Irish person who doesn't know what those, you know, those songs entail. Yeah, and they are so stereotypically Irish. Yeah, like they are. They are. We love them though. In oh a, yeah. And okay, it has to be mentioned. Um, I know the words to those ones. How about um, Italian ninety? The uh, I don't know what the proper name do, 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 is. Horse lips. Is it horse the, lips. Yeah. yeah that that oh. fast, very famous. Ole ole ole. Oh no, ole ole. Yeah, I mean, well, like, okay, horse lips. Yes. The entire thing with that 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 is a song that is played in pubs, in clubs. that, yeah. is, that is played, and it has a, literally a part of the song is a Jack Charlton. A commentary that's been kind of like yeah. cut into it. I, oh, that's we should that, uh, do an episode on Italian ninety. Oh, and the, the cultural significance of of Italian ninety yeah. is so insane. Yeah, have you ever watched Moonboy? I do. I have the, yeah, the episode about Italian ninety. Yeah. it says an awful lot about it. And I lived so through it, and I was I lived through it. Yeah, really, really into soccer. Actually, at, at that age of my life, I, you know, I know you don't know me as someone who's very very. Uh, sporty, but mm. all the way up until I was about eighteen or nine, I absolutely loved to play soccer. Now, yeah. not so much watch it. I, unfortunately, I was never as musical as I was sporty, and I'd actually like to be more. But what are you going to do? Mm. Well, look, you know that I, when it comes to sport, um, uh, whatever the the sport version of a luddite is, <laughs> I think that's very fair. A gamer. <laughs> Yeah, a, da- a danger, a danger with the football. But even I know Packy Bonner. Even I know Packy Bonner to see. I've yeah. actually met Packy Bonner. I wonder is he musical? He's a very big man. He's a very big man. He's yeah. a very tall man. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't think he plays a stringed instrument. I'd say he has very big fingers. You know, as tangents go, this is definitely one of the weirder tangents that it we've ever gone into. Let's bring what instrument Packy Bonner plays? <laughs> <laughs> so, Paddy, I think, is going with, what, uh, the accordion, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, Bowron. Bowron, yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, Let's ask him next time we see him. Yeah. I say yeah. next time, like, I've ever met Packy Bonner. Also, if you're going to talk about the uh, the accordion, though, uh, Sharon Shannon. Very, I actually was just about to bring up... Very uh, well known, very, very well respected. Very well respected, and particularly her version of the Merino Waltz, mm. which a lot of people might not know the name of, but it is that lovely, uh, lulling piece of music that was on Bord Namona, uh, mm. Briquette's ad. Do, 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 do. Sorry, uh, it's okay. salt in your ears, but yeah, you, you'll know the one when you, when I know you hear it. I'm about. A my lovely piece of music that straddles kind of pop and trad as well. My father loves Sharon Shannon. Because yeah. I also played the accordion when I was younger. Um, what? <laughs> what? You're like a one-man band at, who dances. At a certain point in time, at a certain point in time, I uh, would have had one instrument or another that I was learning to play because my father, who 
does not play any instruments, was very keen that we did learn how to play Irish music. So right. myself, my brother and my sister all played the Tim Wilson at one point in time. We all learned to play the accordion at different points in time. Um, I learned to play the banjo. My brother learned to play the guitar. Uh, yeah. He also plays the drums to different degrees. Yeah. You know, I, like we were never very serious musicians, yeah. but w- there was an appreciation. I think that says a lot about like how important music and, and even trad music, even that, like if you know that you might never stick with it, you want your kids to give it a go at least. I regret that I didn't stick with it more now. I still, I still think back because I, I never had that. I, I don't think I had a, the genuine interest because it was something that my father wanted us to learn. So it was always that there going for it. And I was never very naturally talented when it came to mm. um, playing any of them. So I was never particularly like good and any of them, I I got to a certain level of proficiency. That was about the height of it. But I regret not putting in more effort now. Looking oh, back, yeah, I, I I wish I had actually mastered it and maintained it to a level. Now it's a little bit like the Irish language in that you you'd love people to be really good at it, but trying to convince people at that age that did they'll thank you later on in life for, for you know, the efforts that you put in. It's, it's, a bit it's just, yeah, for me though, when it comes to Irish instruments compared to, compared to the Irish language, I just have, for one, I have an awful lot of sympathy and with the other one, I still have to wake up in the middle of the night, you know, sweating. Yeah. So, <laughs> some, some differences, some I, subtle shades of grey when I, it comes to I met this man feelings. in um, Costa Rica, right, and he, he was our guide when we, we were there. I had no idea where Ireland was. I tried to explain it. You know, it's um, it's beside England. And he was like, I don't know where that is. I was like, we're speaking English. How do you not know where England is? <laughs> and it turns out, right, the following day, we, we've been chatting to him a good bit at this stage. He was like, oh, yeah, I play uh, this uh, musical instrument. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. And he started naming all of these Irish acts that he, he loved the music of. I was like, wait, how do you know what Irish music is? And you don't know where Ireland is? He goes, oh, is it Irish music? <laughs> I learned it from a guy, a Spanish guy. <laughs> I really love it. I can't get enough of it. And I was like, here we are in a jungle in Costa Rica. And there's a guy who is entranced, like absolutely fascinated by Irish uh, traditional music. Has no idea where it's from. Yeah. But just loves it. We have also like these iconic um, groups that have been very influential when it comes to Irish music. Yeah. Um, the Dubliners. The Dubliners and, and think the Pogues. And the Wolf Tones. Wolf Tones. Luke Kelly. If you're going to talk about Irish acts, there is a kind of a super group that you can refer to with the Dubliners and the Pogues. When they came together as a group. Yeah. Which, because well, like the Travelling Wilburys of the Irish music scene. It's kind of. <laughs> because... If you saw them all on stage other, there were a huge number a lot of people. Of them, yeah. yeah. That's a and, lot of beard. And the uh the Irish Rover, which is a magnificent song, yeah. especially when you've got that many musicians yeah. playing at that fast pace. And they are outstanding musicians. And the music that, that they, they actually um played and the, the entire atmosphere that was even there on the stage. You could you could see that they were enjoying themselves when yeah. they were actually um recording that song because yeah, there, there is a, there's a live recording of that song that you can look on up on YouTube if you want it's a great piece of music you know yeah. and it's so Irish and I think great musicians and great music does that like you not alone can you see that they're enjoying themselves but it just comes out in the music it's mm-hmm. infectious like it transmits itself to you and then you have a great time as well um 
I I kind of want to kind of move us towards something that's in the in the notes that you have. I am absolutely intrigued. I've I've seen it in the notes there for a while, and I haven't bothered to look it up because mm. I don't want to spoil it. Okay, so Brendan Gleeson plays in a track group. I did not know this. This is why I I, I was like keen to cover this, and I, and I saw that, and I was like, I you know what? I could Google it. Could just wait and see. <laughs> it sounds amazing. I love Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, um, I actually saw him play with um this group in the Triscoll in Cork. Um, I think two years ago now. Yeah. Uh, he's a very talented musician. It's not something I think that's very well known about him, but he's a very talented yeah. um musician. Um, outside of just being a very talented actor, and, and he. A teacher. And a teacher, and he's a very interesting man, full stop. Yeah, and when I read this, and, and you put that in there, and I was like, oh, do you know what came to my mind, and we mentioned this earlier uh, in a previous uh, podcast, was he's a great Gale. Yeah. I think. Um, He was um, on stage with three other guys, and I cannot for the life of me think of the name of the group that they were playing. It was in Cork, was He was on tour at the time, and right. I saw them when they were playing in, in the Triscoll, which what is a theatre. Play? He plays a few different instruments, actually. Oh, right, as far okay. as oh, I should yeah. be surprised, I suppose. And um, You play all the instruments. Why not Brendan Gleeson? Yeah, I'm not making any claims here, okay? <laughs> you and <laughs> Brendan, I'm clear. just saying, we'll get it together, go on tour. But apparently, the way that that group um, originated, if I recall correctly, because again, I had been drinking earlier in the evening and with all things. We're not you know, alcoholics. No, though, though we are actually drinking Prasky. Finest to check premium and order. Although we were drinking check. tea and coffee and stuff for many of our podcast yes. recordings. Well, we, we kind of alternate. Yeah, yeah, between whiskey, beer and tea and coffee. Yeah, it's just... Again, we're not alcoholics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you think the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> but um, he was actually discussing how that group had come together. And uh, part of it had been, he was in a film called Cold Mountain, which I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't seen Cold Mountain, it's no. A, it's, a, it's an interesting movie. I liked it. Yeah. Um, but it's set during the American Civil War. And he actually stars in it along with Jack Black. and Who is quite musical, actually. Who as well. is very... Yeah. Not Jack Black, what am I saying? Jack White. Oh, well. From the White from Stripes. The White Stripes. Right? Yes. Okay, who obviously is musical. Yes, yeah. and um, they, in the film, they're actually um, playing instruments together. So there's actually All scenes right. in the film where they're actually like uh, playing instruments. But whilst he was on set, he was there with a few other guys who also played music. And they, in the evenings after they were doing shoots, they'd actually get together and they start playing instruments together and they start playing together and Are hanging there out. recordings of that? Somewhere? I'd love to see that because I actually really like the White Stripes. Um, I, oof, don't ask me, don't ask me. Jeez, I, I must look into that. That no, sounds I amazing. I don't know if Jack White was involved with that side of it specifically. Yeah. Okay. But I know that it was, I think, from there that this particular group formed and he's played with them since. Because right. they play a mixture of basically um, traditional Irish but also uh, music that would originate in the Appalachians. In the right. states, oh, which are, there's, and there's very strong cultural ties when it comes to the style of music that's played in the Appalachians to Irish music, yeah, and the, you can like there's influences that you can see that come yeah, true, yeah. and yeah, very very good. I have to say, highly recommend you ever get the chance. No, see that. I'm glad I I poked it in that direction because I have to say that's just that sounds fascinating. I'm definitely going to go away now and Google all of that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Brendan Gleeson for the win. Yeah, I 
I just, I, really, I love him. I love the White Stripes, and that sounds amazing. I'm gonna go Google that. Go Google that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but we have veered off the subject. I think let's let's bring things back though to it's possibly more contemporary acts as well because yeah, we don't sure. want to actually like leave them, um, leave them behind. Um, you two has got to be probably the most significant pop group. Yeah, to I, come out of Ireland. I, it depends where you are. Uh, when I was in um, South Korea for a while, and I tried to explain, you know, my Irishness to people, and yeah. I tried to put Ireland on the map for some people. I was like, you know, you uh, too, and some people just looked at me. And then finally, the band that they knew, uh, much to my horror, uh, was Westlife. Now, I, I have nothing <laughs> against Westlife, but I just couldn't believe that they didn't know who you two were. Yeah. And, like all of these are like Thin Lizzy, all of these other people. But they knew who Westlife were. Now, of course, I suppose they're very into boy bands and pop music over there. Yeah. Westlife are huge over that side of the, the world. But you two are probably, objectively, I would say, one of the most iconic uh, Irish acts of all time. Yeah. Oh, well, certainly when it comes to like international recognition and the impact they had. Because like, at, certainly at one point in time, they were the most significant group to have ever come out of Ireland. Yeah. And it was okay. a slow start, you know, yeah. because they, they worked, they worked the beat yeah. uh, quite a lot. But they reached superstardom. They actually reached that oh, pinnacle of like, you know, like, you know, like selling out stadiums, uh, international Pope. tours, you know, yeah, Bono, Bono has become this really divisive figure in a sense, because he has been really involved in a lot of very good, um, causes oh yeah lots of uh, charitable works and but he's also heavily derided almost See, the at the same with time Bono is that he has thing. notions uh, <laughs> no, and it doesn't matter how well-intentioned bono's notions are and i i used to kind of think ah bono annoys me but actually bono's like when you when you look at what he's done Objectively, with his fame yeah like he has can, tried to he has tried and like you cannot i think disparage the man overly much for that but the problem is he's irish yeah and he had notions. He had notions. So th- those are two very difficult things to reconcile. And even Bono has struggled to reconcile being Irish and having notions. Yeah. And I, if I met Bono, would put this to him. And I imagine he would think about it and probably agree on consideration. <laughs> now, I would have to admit, though, you um, 2 I love some of the early U2 stuff. I love particularly most of their early stuff, yeah. I have to say. And it's great. Yeah catalogue of music there so good but I think if you're going to talk about Irish groups personally Tim Lizzy for me mm-hmm. and Gallagher oh Rory Gallagher considered by Manny to be one of the finest guitar players ever to walk the face of the planet Rory Gallagher is one of those great musicians who died too young yep was not recognised enough I yeah. feel um, there is a annual festival mm-hmm. in Carrick and not Carrick and Shannon. Is it Carrick uh, and Shannon? Somewhere up that neck of the woods. Up that neck of the woods, yeah. Or is it in Donegal? It's, uh, there is one. I would actually like to go to it. Yes, yeah, I love his Calling Card album. Yeah. Love it. Jimi Hendrix is, you know, considered by many people as uh, the greatest guitar player ever. Yeah. He was like, no, 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 that's Rory Gallagher. Uh, he's a phenomenal guitar player. And he actually falls into that weird category of like, he is a really well-known musician inside of certain circles, kind of. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, if you were into your gu- guitar and you're yeah. kind of a certain kind of a bluesy kind of a rock, yeah. you knew who Rory Gallagher is. And and the thing is, it is probably a shame that he isn't better known because he, as as an yeah. Irish artist, he's a great Irish. There's artist. a statue of him there in Temple Bar. Yeah. yeah, we also have a statue to Phil it from Tin Lizzy. Ah, Phil it And again, a a man who died too young. Way too young. Yeah. Um, definitely, I think probably achieved more recognition. Yeah. For you, for his abilities and so on, than than Rory Gallagher. I think Tin Lizzy as a group just gained more recognition internationally. You know, great music. Great Who doesn't know the like their version of Whiskey in the Jar yeah. and uh, Jailbreak? And it's just amazing. Some stuff. great classics in there. Yeah, you know, like it, it, they're a bit like ACDC in a way that like if you play a Tin Lizzy song, everybody is going to love it. <laughs> like the older people are going to be on the dance floor at a wedding, younger people are going to yeah. love it. It's got it actually bridges that gap. It's yeah. just got it's got great resonance to it. Yeah, great it's energy, word, great yeah. simple licks that are just done with loads yeah. of energy and passion and clever songwriting and get very waxing very lyrical now. But I have to say, I went kind of on a a, a big uh, spree of Irish music recently because there was some there was kind of uh, talk about that there should be a policy nationally that 40% of all music played on Irish terrestrial radio stations should be Irish. Mm. And I was like, hmm. Like, on the one hand, I mean, that that's a complex thing to unpack. You know, there's protectionism yeah. and that. And on the other hand, I thought it was a great excuse to ex- sort of explore all kinds of Irish music. So I put up 40 reasons why, uh, you know, 40% of music on the radio wouldn't be such a bad thing and I put up 40 different acts it actually turned out to be more like 50 because there was so much choice and I put up stuff like Sharon Shannon and Mundy U2 and there's loads of modern stuff like Lisa Hannigan and there's we actually have tons of like modern rock Snow Patrol the Coronas love the Coronas yeah yeah yeah, really, um, I love the and I thought go on about this, but the my God, a song about being hungover. <laughs> <laughs> my God, will surely save me from this yeah. this terrible hangover that I have. Check it out; it's a good song. As you were saying, two door uh, cinema club earlier. Yeah. You know. lovely, lovely fast pop kind of. And um, there's a weird Irish connection that we have with certain acts. Uh, Oasis, for example, both of the Gallagher, Gallagher brothers. Are, yeah. yeah, very strong Irish connection, connection there, and they and they they very much they were very happy to acknowledge that connection. It was. Oh yeah, no, they were. They were on the. Yeah. Uh, Liam was on the late late show talking to yeah. Gabe Warren many years ago, and I think was it his mother, his grandmother was Irish. I can't remember which. I can't remember, and more recently, and and probably. Um, most significantly for some people, uh, it's Sheeran and his, yeah, yeah. you know, love of um, all things Irish. But and I think I, I mentioned him before, like yeah. uh, turning some of his songs into the Irish versions. Like, yeah, and he, like he's insanely popular over here. Like and he's just uh, fairly recently released he Galway Girl, mm-hmm. which I thought was just a cover of the Galway, you know, like the um, the classic, classic Irish song, Galway yeah. Girl wedding yeah. song, but no, it's it's totally different. And I like the fact though that yeah. he's actually like it, okay, yes, he's taken the name, but he's actually made it into something distinct in its own right. And it's yeah. a it's it's a nice, it's a nice song. It's a like it's it's a it's a new spin on it, and it feels quite Irish. Like yeah. listening to the lyrics of it, it, it actually feels quite natural because it was like uh, the basic premise is like an Irish girl like um meeting up with an English guy and them hooking up basically yeah. after going on the piss <laughs> <laughs> of course so I made a kind of a sideways remark earlier about opera yeah now I wasn't I was kind of joking but not really we don't have a great opera okay. connection 
in Ireland. I don't, I don't think, but no. But we, like we do have opera in Ireland. Just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That that's the thing here. But we do have a good history of tenors. John mm-hmm. McCormack, uh, born in Athlone, okay. one of the most famous singers of his day. Okay. Um, These are so wrong that I immediately went to those priests because I know there's an Irish priest group who sang. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I have no idea what they're called. I just know that they were priests and they sang. I can't remember what they were called either as well, but they're popular. I, they're on CDs and stuff. Probably. Yeah. Go back to McCormick. Singing priests. <laughs> <laughs> but John McCormick was just huge, like a, a rock star of his day. Okay. Um, and so I know we talk a lot about rock and traditional Irish music and pop music, and it's probably where we're quite good. Yeah, like we're very good, I think, storytellers. Yeah, Irish people, and I think music is a great vehicle for telling stories. Hmm. Um, I don't really know much about John McCormick's music, but I I couldn't let the the connection go past without mentioning him. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. Um. If we're going to talk though about Irish music, and we have to mention it, we've got to mention the Irish country and western scene. I refuse right. not to have that discussed in this context. All right, yeah. Irish country and western <laughs> is significant. All right, it is a real powerhouse in its own weird way. And I come from the west, and I grew up in a house where, um, at the time, it was Midwest and Northwest Radio. It's now just Midwest Radio. All right. Um, they lost the Northwest West and they were very, very angry about it. <laughs> oh, oh, political straight away. It would pop. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the entire thing was, I grew up in a house where um, country and western was on the radio all the time. While it's weird to say, well, I find it weird to say, or I find it weird to think about in a sense, country and western has really come back in a big way. Like, there was that um, phase, the line dancing phase. Oh, yeah, Dustin on the den was always, (laughs) it was his guilty pleasure early, wasn't it? But we have, we have a country where Garth Brooks came to Ireland to promote um, a series of concerts he was going to do here. And he was going to do them in Crow Park. And initially, I believe it was going to be two days. I think so, yeah. And then... It went from two days to three days to four days to five days. And each day was a sold out show. And yeah. Crow Park has a capacity of something like 80,000 or something I think like it's that. About, uh, it's about 80. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, not sure exactly. The tickets flew out the door. You have no idea. People were coming from places like New Zealand and stuff. Yeah. Like to crazy. actually go to these concerts. That was going to be the start of a comeback tour, I think, for uh, Garth Brooks. I was getting frightened about what was going to happen to the city. But the issue was. They didn't actually have permission to have that many concerts. They thought they did. They, well, they kind of went ahead. Yeah. There was a lot of, they, I think their, their attitude was maybe like um, seek forgiveness more than anything else and ask permission. Yeah, the residents around Crow Park were not having that. No, because they're, they, they are very much put upon when it comes to the amount of events that happens at Crow Park for obvious reasons, for parking oh, and access and everything that goes with it. Yeah. But in the end, the concerts didn't happen because of these objections. But in the meantime, it turned into a, literally a matter that was discussed, I believe, in the doll. I, I, people were calling upon the Taoiseach to, to intervene. intervene. And you're like, oh, hang on, there's other <laughs> important uh, you know, international uh, policies to be agreed on. There's you know, tax. Uh, no, Garth Brooks Gart is coming Brooks. to Ireland. Like, Garth oh, Brooks, we have God. tickets, all right? Make this happen. And people were outraged. The like, fallout from it was insane. I was avoiding mentioning it in taxi Rides, I have to say, I was like, I'm not even bringing up. Gareth I'm like getting sucked into. This Why don't we talk about politics or religion instead? It's safer ground. Quite possibly, yeah. but Irish country and western is a significant scene, and it has produced a number of 
very well uh, regarded artists um, like Nathan Carter. Oh yeah, like a yeah, very very well known. Is popular. he the something wagon wheels? Is it? I'm not. I'm not familiar I think enough to actually be. talk about yeah. it or to, to actually kind of comment. People oh, love him though. Yeah. Okay. Put it like this: Nathan Carter has come out as a very popular um, artist in Ireland, hmm. and he's kind of very indicative of a resurgence. I'm not, I'm not sure how like did how much it went away, but it really does feel that in the last few years, Irish country and Western has really come back. Yeah, and I you think s- it's simmered there. Yeah. It's quite an but we're now actually seeing like a resurgence of dances taking place in hotels, and weirdly enough, it's attracting a much younger crowd, especially oh, yeah. in Rhode Island, because it's become a place where people can go to actually meet people who are like-minded to them and yep. the country and western scene does actually have a certain draw from especially rural Ireland and it makes a lot of sense it ties into things and I and I, and I know people my own age who are into country and western yeah. who are into that scene and it's it's weird and yet I understand it look you know I kind of like to poke fun but if, if it gets you out meeting people if it's music you know go do it if it makes you happy and I think what the great thing about music um, is that no matter what, who you are or where you are, there's going to be something that you like. Unfortunately, it also does involve stuff like Crystal Swing, um, which was the um, um, mother, brother, and sister, sister yes. um, act. Which I can had see that, the kind of catchiness of the song, but yes. the video just made me cringe a little bit. Well, the, the entire uh, the thing inside. was like, the, like the, the brother and the sister were basically singing a Western song, which it, basically, like it's it's a love song of sorts that they're singing to yep. each other and it just had an awful lot of vibes going tequila. on to it yeah it, it was just like this seems like a song that's a lot about really regrettable and possibly incestuous decisions being made and I wish them all the best in their future endeavours okay but this is the thing alright as I said you could be a cynic and, and take the song that way but they ended up in Ellen which is a major yeah. talk show in the US in the States, yeah. and they were promoting their they were promoting their song they were promoting their album and that's major exposure for the Irish country and western scene and it's yeah. it's, it's it's a big way to actually sell Ireland in America as being a place you can actually come to if you're into country and western as a place you should consider as a place where there is a country and western scene and if you are American you, and you have that interest it actually does help sell Ireland as a tourist destination oh, absolutely and I'm so all for that there was actually some commentary at the time while people were like they were I don't even say critical but there was an awful lot of kind of like oh you know Crystal Swing like yeah. there was like going people seem to be very much I don't know about this I would say but, western is not my cup of tea but at the same time you can't deny the fact that just because it's not your thing doesn't mean that it doesn't have um, a place. Oh, absolutely. Look, in if Ireland. you enjoy it and other people enjoy it, you're out on the floor, you're having the crack, leave it at that, I think. You know, I, I used to, when I was younger, I was a, particularly a bad uh, music snob. I was like, oh, you, you don't listen to Radiohead. Oh, God. This is I like, like Garth Brooks. I, do you know what? I think everyone likes at least one Garth Brooks songs. Well, song. <laughs> <laughs> one, and then plural. Oh, dear. But yeah, I I also like a couple of Garth Brooks songs. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know all of his stuff and I would, don't go out and buy all of his albums, but I can sing along with some of his uh, popular... One of these days we're going to do karaoke and then we're just going to find the extent of your Garth Brooks knowledge. 
I right. promise you. Are you going to play banjo in the background? Okay, let's not play chicken on this game. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear indeed. Have you got anything else? No, I think I I think I think we have I think we've done a pretty fair sweep of the Irish music scene. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. I think that's fair. We covered a lot of the big ones and I think uh, particularly and I'm glad it came up just what it means to us like particularly that we try to impart it to our children and it's something we want for our children and yeah. do you know I think if you ask a lot of people what would you like your kids to be able to do you know there's probably a lot they'd like them to be happy and healthy and they might want them to be able to speak a language or two quite often they want them to be able to play a, mu- uh, a musical instrument yeah. maybe a traditional one so that basically for me says a lot. Yeah. So basically ten whistles in all our futures. Yay for ten <laughs> Yay. whistles. And I think that's it for this week. Yeah, thanks for listening. Alright, talk to you soon.